So would you grab your Bible and turn with me to John 3, verse 16. Let's go there. I believe there's one day when we're just going to go, and the power of God's going to clap you hard as you're just excited about the word and that one, you've just been doing it repetitively and just getting in a, just doing it, doing, doing, and suddenly it just becomes revelation to you. Um, so we know John 3.16, we're going to read that. It says, for God so loved the what? That he, his begotten son, that whoever should not, should not, but have eternal or everlasting life. So what did God? God loved the world so much that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not, should not perish but have everlasting life. Now we know that Romans 8 says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal flesh. So the spirit that was in Christ also now lives in us and gives life to our bodies. The word there is zoe, that means quality and quantity life. God doesn't want you just to live long, he wants you to live strong. Okay, we're going to get that just now. He doesn't want you just to be here. His heart is not just to get you to heaven. His heart isn't just for eternal life to kick in the moment you have your last breath. Eternal life starts from the very moment you give your life to him. For the word in John says that to know him is eternal life. To know God brings life. That means to have an intimate relationship with this God. There's no more separation unto him. Now, here's the interesting. When we look at the cross, and I'm going to get into that just now, because we want to talk about healing. I want to kind of have that happen when somebody comes with a wheelchair to church. They're just like, oh, wow, man, I'm just doing handstands out of my wheelchair. It's just phenomenal. God's just healed me. I'm excited. Uh, my legs are working. We want healing. On Wednesday night, we had, I was feeling, I, I want to talk about healing today and about the power of healing and what that is. And then on Wednesday night, I was like, mm, I don't know, should I be teaching that now? We're in a certain flow and certain things that are going on. But then Wednesday night, we had majority of prayer requests was for people that are sick and serious illnesses like cancer that we needed to pray for on Wednesday night. So if there is something that raises its head that goes, hey, I'm a name above the name of Jesus, we need to restore the name of what it means in our life that Jesus is above cancer. He is, he is above every sickness and every disease. Now, just to go to the cross, because that's where I want us to start today, <clears throat> is that the cross of Jesus is that, okay, let's go back into the beginning. When they had a, um, a replacement offering, let's, go, let's do Abraham and Isaac on the mountain, Isaac was the one on the altar, and when he was replaced, what replaced him when he was about to die was a ram, a lamb, one lamb. A lamb for a man. Then they go to, we find them in Egypt and they're leaving Egypt and they have a lamb for a household. They took the lamb, they, they killed the lamb, they slaughtered, they put the blood on the doorposts. 
And what happened, if you remember back from Sunday school, if you don't remember it from any, any time else, but back from those days is when the spirit of death, well, when the angel of death came to the door and it saw the blood, what did it do? Pass by or pass over. I mean, it, that's why it's called the Passover lamb. So when the lamb's blood was on the door, then when death came to the door, it could not enter because there was blood on the door. <laughs> Stick with me. So a lamb for a man, then a lamb for a household. And then we find later on when they start doing the sacrificial lamb, every household brought a lamb. But in the end, there was the sacrificial, a lamb for a nation. But then we find John looking up at Jesus as he comes walking. He said, there's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A lamb for all mankind. So when we look at this progression of what it is in a lamb, we find we have the cross. So a lamb was slaughtered and died for the sin of the people. So death was connected to sin, right? I'm making it very simple because I want you to follow me today. The lamb was killed and his death represented the removal of sin or the replacement offering. So Jesus comes and he dies as the sin offering. He dies for man. He dies for what that is. But Jesus doesn't stay dead. Amen. I mean, if, if it was a replacement, it's gone. You kill the lamb, the lamb dies, and then suddenly, boop, the lamb pops up alive, and the lamb runs. The head is back, everything, the throat is good, now the lamb's alive. Did that happen? No. So why was it necessary for Jesus to come back out of death? Have you ever wondered about that? It's so, so, so part of our life. It's like getting up in the morning and drinking a cup of coffee. Jesus died. Jesus rose to show his victory. But that wasn't part of what the offering was in the past, right? The offering in the past was the death was the replacement for sin. So resurrection was something totally different. I'm not going to get into everything today because we don't have the time. And um, I don't want to keep you here for hours. But I, but I need you to, to start thinking. I need you to start asking a question in your heart. Is that the one who was rose from the dead now lives in me. Amen. So if we go back to that lamb, the lamb that was smeared the blood on the doorpost, when death saw an animal's blood that represented Christ, death could not enter through the door. Isn't Jesus' blood stronger than that of an animal? And where is that blood now? Over me, eating me, on top of me. I've been, I've been washed by His blood. That's what Scripture says. I've been washed by His blood. He didn't just come and sprinkle me. It wasn't a baby baptism. He didn't just come and go, ta-ta. He took me and he dunked me. Pata! In blood, put me out. So I'm walking, dripping in the blood of Jesus. So when the, de so when the, devil, the devil just saw a little smear, or a death, saw a little smear on a doorpost, and went, ah, I can't go there. That's God's people. So when death sees you, he sees walking in blood. Ooh, I'm, I'm walking in the blood of Jesus. So when I grew up, every time we go and went anywhere, we pleaded the blood. I grew up Pentecostal, man. 
We go on holiday. We plead the blood of Jesus over this car. We plead it over the wheels. We plead it over the highway. The angels go before us. The blood of Jesus over this. Uh, the blood of Jesus was for everything, man. The Springboks run out. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. <laughs> it took some time for that to kick in. But anyway, <laughs> the context is the blood was everything. We preached the blood. We talked the blood. We prophesied the blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. I come on, the blood of Jesus was a powerful thing. But we started getting out of that because we started just losing the connection to what it meant. So if we read you in, we know the scripture as we read in John 3.16. But let's just go before that. Verse 13 said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of the man, son of man who is in heaven. And Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. What does he connect the cross to? Jesus. This is Jesus talking, by the way, if you didn't know who was talking here. Jesus says that Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. How was the serpent? The serpent was put on a standard. And what happened at that story? Any of you, can some of you remember that story? They were out there and the snakes bit them. Why? Because they were, they were a little bit evil. And so the snakes came out and they bit them in the snakes and they were lying there. And so God said to Moses, take a standard, put a snake on it. Ooh, who's the one who was in the beginning there who deceived man? The snake. Where's the snake when Moses lifts it up? On a cross. And so he picks up this uh, the snake on a cross, puts it into the ground, and says, all of you are busy dying, just look at the cross, and you will live. Just look. He didn't even have to go, I am sorry for what I did. He's busy dying there. He just needs to look, and suddenly he will live, and will not what? Die. Do you see this kind of a pattern happening here? You hear that the same spirit? Where's the spirit of God inside of you? The same spirit that did what? That raised Jesus. It doesn't go the same spirit that was there at his baptism, the same spirit that was there when he healed uh, or he fed the, five, the thousands of people or he healed the boy or he healed. No, the spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you. So he says that this Jesus will be raised in the same manner as that of Moses, that Moses rose in the, in the desert. So who did Jesus take on when he was raised on the cross? Well, Colossians says that every principality and every power, every dark ruler, everything, Satan himself, he made a public spectacle of him. He conquered them where in death. What did he do? He conquered them all. Is there anything in Colossians that says that Jesus only conquered the known sicknesses of the Jewish time? Or only up to the 50s and the, and the Spanish plague? The Spanish flu, I mean, or the black plague. Did it, did it say there? Right? Cancer and AIDS and, and TB and, and COVID-20. I don't know what is coming. <laughs> Far griep, Bobby Aan griep, 
I don't know, even like every animal grip, whatever you got, bird flu, whatever, was that not included? Or was it all included? See, the problem is this is very sensitive because we have not seen God do every healing to everybody all the time. So the moment we start talking about healing, our known world goes against truth. But does truth remain? I, listen, I've prayed for many people that did not receive healing, but I've also prayed for many people that did receive healing. So I cannot base it on my experience because I've also seen other people pray for other people and they get healed. So God's truth is still truth. People get healed. People get out of wheelchairs. Blind eyes open. Dead people are raised. Yes, we get some fake ones out there that go out of a coffin. We all know that story. We, we have fake, fake ones, but fake ones are exposed. Real ones we might never hear of. People are getting raised from the dead, healed, touched all over the world right now. But that's not on mainstream media because if we would base it on mainstream media, we're all going to hell in any case. Because mainstream media is filtered. Sometimes we just got to stop watching news, stop watching nonsense and just read the word. Because if the word is the truth, then the truth must come through. Then I cannot stop at what it is. It's in the Bible. Otherwise, we need to rip it out. There is a generation who will see the fullness thereof. Okay? So, Scripture says that we might not see all of it, we see Jesus. In John. We, we might not see all of it, but we see Jesus. That means I, I don't see all of it yet, but I know Him. I know that He is the author and finisher of my faith. I know what the Word of God says. I've got to activate what that is. So, when He says Moses lifted the serpent, Jesus lifted up. So it was lifted, they beheld, and what came to them? They lived. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came to give us what? Life. And life more abundantly. What's he come to do? Give you life. So we have this thing at funerals that God came and plucked his little flower. I wonder where that scripture is. I, I don't find that one. <laughs> so we, we start taking gospel and applying it to our world instead of what the gospel is. The gospel is still the gospel. Though I have seen some of it come true, though I've seen others not come true, the gospel is still the gospel. We have not seen all of it, but there is a generation who will see all of it. And if we don't lift, and that's what God has been saying to me the last for more than a year, if we do not preach healing, how can we see healing? If there's no blood being applied, if there's no application of this, how will we see it if we don't talk about it over and over and over and over again? How many of those scriptures am I reading and reading and reading and prophesying and believing and standing on that I believe in divine health, that I don't just live from miracle to miracle, but I walk in the fullness of what God has for me? If other people could touch sicknesses and it don't affect them, like this thing, you go on a mission trip, and when you're on the mission trip, you believe that God's healing power is on you. We flew to India. We were there. We just believe no matter where we go, what we drink, how we are, we're going to be fine. And where? Then you come back here. You just walk past somebody who sneezes. Goes in the lady bed, poppy. You go straight man flu. Pah! Right like that. 
Why? Because am I, what's different? Here I believe for it. There, well, there I believe for it. I come back here, uh, then it's, okay, it's just part of life. So I accept things. Instead of, what is the word? I was listening to this guy say, the, the thing is, what we behold is what we become. If a majority of my time is spent meditating on the things that are not scriptural, then what Jesus says, that as a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Is that in the word? That he equates the word to bread. Yeah, man, I, I love a nice piece of bread. And especially when you're hungry, right? For those who've been fasting and having that, and it's getting closer and closer to the time you're going to break fast, then the, suddenly the hunger kicks into a next level. That, that piece of bread is shouting at you every time you walk past it. Eat me! Love a good piece of bread, and it's so nice. The guys put some nice butter on, put some nice jam on, some cheese on top. Smelling is so fresh. That's good, eh? It's just, it's so good. It tastes so good. Or the nice pizza. It's just so good. Like that melted cheese on top with a, it's just, you can taste it, right? It's food. It's good. Just taste it. Taste it. That nice, that nice piece of steak that when you throw it on the fire and the fat, just, and you put that salt on top. It's good, eh? You can taste the meat. But here's the scripture. Jesus says, as much as that is to your body, words should be. As much as your mouth is watering because you hear a steak, your mouth should be watering because you are hearing Jesus on the cross. Man, I'm getting fired up now. I, I, I'm hearing this. As much as that is, I should be going, mm, I'm going to eat something right now. And it's going to be life to me. It's going to sustain me. It's going to wake something up in me that's been there. Listen, what did we say? This year we're putting the tent pins out. We're stretching it. So I've got to stretch some areas of my life that maybe I've been just okay with sickness and started, instead of getting a little bit angry with it, a little bit of fed up with it, and say, hey, this ain't my portion. This is not scriptural. I've got to get this out. And if it's not happening through my prayer, then maybe somewhere I need to get truth because truth sets you free. Amen. So I'm praying and praying and it doesn't happen. Okay, the problem's not with God because the truth's there. Maybe my understanding of it is not there yet. Maybe I'm not free yet. Maybe I don't have enough knowledge of this thing yet. Amen. Let's go here to uh, Matthew, Matthew 4. So Matthew 4. Now, in, in, Luke, in Luke 4, Jesus gets up and quotes Isaiah 61. He gets up and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to be. So he's declaring these things that he's come to bring. Okay. And now in Matthew 4, verse 23, it says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sicknesses. What did he do? He healed all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases amongst the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were uh, afflicted with various diseases and tormented. Uh, to and 
yeah, in torments. And those were and those who were demon possessed, epileptic and paralytic, and he healed them. And he what? He healed them. He healed all. If you in um, in Matthew eight, we find this leper coming to Jesus and says, "Lord, if it's your will." Who's heard that one before? If it's God's will, I will be healed. Hi, hi, ay, ay, ay. Is it? It's His will. He gave His Son for that. The desire that you said that by His stripes we are healed. It doesn't say by His stripes and if I will. Jesus' response to every time that anybody has said to him, come to my house, come and heal my daughter, come be is, I'm coming, I'm doing, who touched me, where can we go, be healed, demons go out. What did Jesus, he says, it is my will, by his stripes. Did Jesus just go, whoa, 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 you can't hit me with all of the whips, because there's one or two stripes that I don't want to heal. There's one or two stripes that I don't think I can heal. That blind eye, that defected heart, that, that cancer. You know, I can heal all these cancers. I can heal the little cancers. But the big cancers, that stripes we've got to exclude from my back because I can't heal that. No, he, he took all of that, that by his stripes we are healed. Now... If you want to be fit, what have you got to do? You've got to exercise. You've got to run. You've got to, you've got to, go, you've got to be fit. You've got to apply it every day. If you, want, if you want to grow some muscles, there are certain things you need to drink, right? If you want to build that, it's called protein, right? And some other junk. But anyway, so you've got to build some, you've got to build some guns, okay? Then you've got to apply. You've got to pick up the weight. You've got to do it. You can't swallow a pill and just go, I just did one thing or I just walked past the gym and and the body just popped out because I just looked at, I just signed up to Virgin Active. Now I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what we think sometimes when we hear the word healing, we think I can just sign up to the word healing and suddenly healing's just going to walk in my life and it's just going to be there. I don't have to work for it, but I surely have to understand it. I surely have to eat from the word and eat from the word and apply the word until it becomes so part of me that it's oozing out of me. Because I know the word. Not my experiences, the word. And I continue to stand on the word, not my experiences. Because the word is real. Just because I was watching this movie the other night with a guy. It's a true story. Who's watched the, the Gran Turismo on Netflix? Anybody, anybody watch the movie? It's a true story about a boy who was uh, playing the game and eventually became a race car driver. And there's a moment in the film, I don't want to give the whole thing away, where he's in a very bad accident, and, and he, he's just been knocked by it, and his confidence is away. And so what it, the, the, the old race car driver puts him in the car and takes him to the place where he had the accident. And this is, if you do not take the seat right now and drive, you will never... Some of you need to get in a place where, where you, a prayer wasn't answered. Go right back to it and say, I will not give up on this thing. I will pray for this thing. I'll continue. Just because the car flipped on this place doesn't mean I'm disqualified from what it means that there is healing in my life. I'll continue to pray for it and continue to pray for it. Continue Because by his stripes, 
I'm healed. We cannot remove the stripes. I'm healed. That's healed. I'm going to confess the healing. I'm going to stand on the healing. Just because it's going to come. It's going to come. I'm going to jump on it until it works. I'm going to eat till it manifests. I'm going to take. Man, I remember my dad telling a story of a lady who was busy dying. She was there at, Peter, you know the story. She was busy at the pool of Bethesda, and, and she took a bottle. Man, thousands of people have been walking through the water and prayed for healing. She's busy dying. Doctors given her very, very little time to live. Four days to live. She sat down next to this pool where uh, thousands of feet and people have been walking through. She puts the bottle into the water, and she starts drinking the water. Because it says, miracles manifested, yeah? What have I got to lose? I've only got four days left. I'm believing God for a miracle. And supernaturally healed. You see, the, the context is, is, where am I at with my belief system on what is scriptural? Uh, 1 Peter 2, by his stripes, I am healed. And he went about healing the sick. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 8. It is my will so that you will be healed. This, Romans 8. That he has set us free from the law of sin and death. And he's come to give us life and spirit. What has he come to give you? Life. Thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. What did he come? To give you life. The blood of Jesus is sprinkled on your heart. It is covered in. You've been dripped in it. Listen quickly before I get to the hands. When you get baptized, Romans chapter 6, you don't get baptized into Jesus' baptism. If you want to go take some time, go read Romans chapter 6. So, it's yes, I follow him by his example, but the spiritual act of what I do when I am baptized is me baptized into his death. So when I go into the water, I become one with him in spirit in the day he was buried. That when I come out of the water, I'm raised into his resurrection. Could Jesus die after he was resurrected? Okay, that one took a while. Because now we go, blah, blah, blah. How did Jesus operate? Was Jesus in flesh when he was resurrected? Or was he cast with a friendly ghost? He just floats in. You sense me, like you sense me, I'm here. But you can't see me. Could they see him? Could they touch him? For 40 days he preached kingdom to them. He, what did he do with them? He ate with them. He was cooking. A ghost can't cook, man. They got no taste. <laughs> Jesus had taste. Put fish and chips there, man. He's probably from Cape Town. And when Peter came, he ate with him. He broke bread with those from Amaz. So when he was raised, he was a human, and he was just in a supernatural resurrected body. So you partake of that life when you are baptized and drawn out of the water. You baptize into his death so you can be raised into his resurrection. I'm not raised into Jesus before the cross. I'm raised into Jesus after the cross. So when we look at our, those wrist bands we used to have, what would Jesus do? I'm not in what would Jesus do before the cross. I'm into what did Jesus do after the cross. 
See, no wonder Jesus was saying to them, oh, you of little faith. You were waking me up. You should have been calming the storm. You should have been walking on the water. You should. He says, and these signs will follow, and you will do greater things. I love what, what Mark 16 says. He says, man, heal the sick, raise the dead, step on scorpions, snakes will bite you. You'll drink poison and nothing will help you. Hey, tomorrow, you'll drink poison, dude. <laughs> you'll drink poison and it will not hurt you. Okay, you didn't get that. I love the radicalness of that, man. Scorpions and snakes and lizards and, and Dracula. And, come on, man, I just want to blow it out of the water. Come on, let's. Nothing will be able to touch you. Hello? Hello? Is that in the Word? I'm raised into His resurrected life. Then when I walk, I walk in that. But if I don't understand it yet, he's like, Sean, I don't understand that. Then read it. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I, if I got that this morning. Well, then go get it. Why are you waiting? I, it's not like I'm the only one with a Bible. You've got one too. Where's the Spirit of God? It's in you. So just ask him. Show me. And make time for him to talk to you. Because maybe you're too busy for him to talk. I'm too busy to hear him want to teach me about resurrected life. He's going like Sean down. And I'm like, oh, Lord, it's not time. Tomorrow morning, 5 o'clock, I'm going to be really tired. I don't have time for you then. But I'm going to be up at 5 and listen to you then. But if I make the space and the time and sit with the Word, he can teach me the things that I might not have got. James 5, let's go there quickly. It is impossible to teach about all of this in one go, but I need to stir something with you this morning. James 5. I'm also about to repent on something, so get ready for that too. <laughs> so this is something that happens quite a few times in New Testament, but I, I want to bring this one in here. When he said, you go out... What does the Bible say? So we found that Jesus was healing all the sick. Then he comes and he gives all authority to his disciples. And he says, now you go out and heal the sick. They then come and teach people by discipleship how they should heal the sick. He doesn't just say pray for the sick. He says, heal the sick. That means healing flows through me. Okay. So he says, go out, go do this. We have the authority now. Verse 13 of chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him what? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a psalm. That means when you've got something, give it. Is anybody cheerful here this morning? Sing. Don't come in here this morning going like, oh, what am I? You've got it. Give it. you got the Spirit of God. Sing a psalm. Let something go. But sing. Sing. Because the Spirit of God's going to flow through you, and it's going to affect somebody. Is anyone among you what? Sick. Let him call the ambulance. And discovery. <laughs> Let them fetch him. And he will not be with us anymore. No, it says, let him call the what? Oh, I thought it's just the pastor. 
Let him call the what? Elders. What, what's the basis of elders? Those who've been a little bit longer on the road. It's not from the context that nobody can pray. Everybody can pray. But sometimes you need somebody who's just been down the road a little bit longer than you, that's been active in this thing, who's a little bit of an elder in the context of that, and going like, hey, and what are they going to come and do? I said, uh, let's call the elders of the church so they can read you your lost, um, lost rights. <laughs> For you that have come out of that, let's just... <laughs> And read you your last rights, just make sure you're stepping over to the right side. <laughs> hey, man, I, you know I'm being, I'm joking, but, but I'm in all sincerity, we've lost many that we love and that, we, that we've wanted to see healed. But there is a generation who will not see anybody die again. There's a generation who's going to step into it. I might be joking about some stuff today, but I've stood at beds. I've prayed for people. I've hoped that people get healed, but they're not. But I do not waver from what the truth of God says. The truth of God says, what does he say the elders must do? And let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. The other one says, let them lay hands on you. I'm sorry that we have not laid hands on you enough. I used to grow, man, as a youth pastor, man, every single opportunity I would get is to lay hands on somebody. And then we got into, a, I don't know how, into another way, and we taught the word and taught the word and taught the word. You mean, I mean, let's have some demonstration now. Because I, I realized a lot of times I would just let you, hey, pray, let's pray, let's pray. Scripture says, come here. Anoint your head with oil and lay hands on you and say, receive what God has for you. Some of you, don't just say, I'll pray for you. Put your hands on them. And say, hey, I need prayer. Okay, stand still. In the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, I declare you healed. And don't just do a little drive-by prayer. But, brood, I'm just... I'm not trying to get you to start screaming at people. I'm not trying to get you to, I'm trying to say there is power in you. Believe what you've got. Start acting to what it is. Get the word. Lay hands on people. Pray for people. Believe for healing. And we will see signs, wonders, and miracles. We cannot let this go. Wednesday night, looking at this, this amount of prayer requests on this pulpit. Cancer, 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 cancer. Yes, they're going to see another cancer. I'm going to grab it and rip it out. And we just pray that may that cancer fall out tonight. May that thing dry up in you. May that tumor disappear. May we stop praying. We said, if you're sick, come here. I said, years ago, I'll end with this. Years ago, a lady called me. She, was, she had a very bad back situation. Talking literally years and years and years ago. And uh, we had just moved into this building and we still didn't have proper carpets here and stuff. And, and so we prayed. We went to her house, me and my dad. We prayed for her, prayed for her husband and laid hands on her. And uh, it was done. And, and then we didn't see her for a while. And listen, that happens sometimes because we, we deal with a lot of different people. So I was like, yo, it's been two or three Sundays I haven't seen you. I can't follow up on you every week because then I'm forcing you to be here. Instead of you being the one wanting God's presence. And so after a month, she called us. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's hear. Man, she lost it on. She said, you please come to my house immediately. Well, I want to see you and Pastor Dave. And uh, my, dad, <laughs> my dad knows me. So he was just saying, Sean, please stay calm. <laughs> because 
I have a lot of patience, but I don't have an empty light. So when it hits that last bit, that empty, it doesn't show you're about to go empty. It just goes, and uh, so I'm, I'm like ready. I've got like everything to tell her and I can hear. And so I get into the house and I just felt the Holy Spirit just come over me and just say, just listen. And so we're sitting there and she's explaining to me how we didn't come and see her, how we this. And I clearly hear the Holy Spirit say to me, ask her how many times she has been at the doctor in this month. And she says, I've been to the doctor. And I ask her, ma'am, can I ask you a question? You say it's very uncomfortable to drive to church on a Sunday. I want to ask you how many times in this month have you been at the doctor? She says, I've been at the doctor twice a week. And she says, I've been to, and she calls him professor. I said, you have more respect for somebody who has not done anything for you up to this moment. You have visited it twice a week, but in this time you have not been once to the body of believers and come and stood there so that we can lay hands on you. You've not been. She says, yeah, but it's uncomfortable. I said, then bring a mattress. She says, that would look very weird. I said, how badly do you want your miracle? Well, then I have to dress nice. No, come in your gown. You go to the hospital, the emergency room. You don't dress up with high heels and go into the emergency room with makeup and, and earrings and are ready for a selfie when you're dying. You go in whatever you got on. And when you get there, they usually take everything off. Please don't do that here. But the problem is, is how badly do you want the miracle? Because if it's bad enough, I'll do whatever it takes to be in the presence of God. I'll do whatever it is. I'll come with a mattress. I'll come with a uh, whatever. I'll just a kissing kibru to clean it all. Because I want the worship to wash over me. I want the word. I want some people who have faith to come and let drench me in oil, man. I don't care what I've got on, just rip it. I want this thing out. I want this thing done. But why do we wait until we're at the door of death before we start eating from the things that are life and healing to us? Why don't we just, Lord, I'm, and I'm going to talk about healing over and over and over and over again because I need to get it. We need to get it. I'm not standing here going like, hey, man, I've prayed for all these people and everybody's just healed. No, I've not. But I want it. I want to see the blind eyes open. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see every sickness healed. I want people to come to Jesus like they've never been before. But I, yes, what I want more than that. I want you to come and tell me, Pastor, do you know what happened in the week? I was standing in the grocery aisle and somebody dropped dead next to me. They had a heart attack because they saw the prices of rice. <laughs> and I bent over, up, over the tastic and I put my hand onto their bodies. And they got healed right there in the tastic aisle. It was phenomenal. You, <laughs> I said, rise. <laughs> rise, rise. <laughs> rise. <laughs> Come on. I want that. 
more than what it is here. I want it in your home. You come and say, you know what happened? My little daughter went to a friend of hers, laid hands on her, and they got healed. My son did this. We did that. We prayed for our neighbors. Come on, somebody. And yes, Danny can say, we came to youth. Somebody came with a headache. We like, it didn't go like, hey, where's the tablet? No, where's the scripture? By his stripes you are healed. Come here. We pray for it. Am I against medicine? No. Am I against doctors or hospitals? No. But I'm more for the healing than for the, cat, the net that catches me. Why, there's, why is there medication? Why are there doctors? To catch you when healing is not fully there yet. It's grace. So yeah, man, I mean, I don't have all the power yet to break through on this thing of headaches. I get a lot of migraines. And so I, I, something I've grown up from. But I've believed that that will break over my life. Here and there I take a tablet. Here and there I just push through it. And I pray and I pray and I pray. And I drink water and I'm praying that the thing will go away. And it's just heavy. I'm just being real with you. Every time a headache hits me, I don't just go like, whoa, name of Jesus. And it just disappears. It's not there yet. That migraine gets you so bad that you can't even, I, I can't literally see out of my eyes. I literally, everything becomes blurry. I can't hear you talk. I get heavy migraines. But if I stop believing in the word because that migraine didn't work or there's another part of, of my body that's not completely healed yet, 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 I'm going to confess the word. I'm going to speak into the word. I'll do what that is, but I confess the word, and I speak into the word, and I continue to believe. By his stripes, I'm going to read every scripture. I'm going to read how Jesus heals them. Because he has the thing. Out of all, he has names, right? Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Nisi. What is one of the names? Jehovah Rapha. My what? His name is Healer. then I've got to believe that that healing will come. I heard this pastor say once he, his daughter died, very young. And uh, they prayed for her for a long time and she, it didn't happen. And so he said, today the devil stole. I will take one million souls for that. And he's going after every soul he can get. Every soul. He says, I, the day the devil stole. He didn't go like, today God, lo God lost. We, we didn't get it. No, no, the devil stole. Death stole. This was not of God. So I will take back. There's some people that we prayed for and they died. I want to pray for every other one to be raised. I'll take back for what the devil stole. And, and, and here's the thing. You've got to go the same way. I'll take back what the devil stole. I will come after you, Satan, in every single way. Because you have tried to knock at my door. You've come to knock at us as children of God. I, COVID will never again. Am I, am I hearing children of God go, COVID, never again. Never again. It's not going to come. It's not going to come knocking on our doors again. But I... I'm not waiting for that to come before I start believing that. I'm going to start applying the word. I'm going to start eating because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha.
He is Jehovah Rapha. So I'm like, I'm, I started getting up in the morning declaring, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. By your stripes, I am healed. I started deciding, hey, man, what about my confession in the mornings, confession during the day? Lord, you are my provider. Lord, you are my healer. You are, you are my, my banner over me is love, Lord. I started applying what does the word say and then going to look where it says and then read it and read it and read it and declaring it. Because it's truth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that every word will find entrance into hearts today. I pray this will stir up faith. May we stir up the gift in us. May healing start to manifest in our lives as we eat of the word, as we start pushing into that, Lord. May it be like never before. I pray that everything that hinders us from believing that will be removed from our, from our mindset. And that we'll grab hold of you, Lord. I know for some of you, this is a journey. But if you can just be like the woman with the issue of blood that pushed through and just said, can I just grab hold of the hem of your garment? You don't have to get it all this morning. All you need to get this morning is, can I, Lord, can I just grab hold of the hem of your garment and watch what he'll do for you? Lord, I thank you for that today. In the name of Jesus, we receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you.